Good evening. New Beginnings family, how are we doing tonight? Are we ready to give our hearts to the Lord? Are we ready to worship Him tonight? Let's all rise. one word and darkness has to retreat with just one touch I feel the presence of heaven with just one touch my eyes were open to see my heart can't help but believe say there's nothing that I got can't do it's not a mountain that he can move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can do. With just one word, you heal what's broken inside me. With just one word, and you revive it. Just one touch, I feel the power of heaven. And just one touch, my eyes are open to see. My heart can help but believe. Come on, there's nothing that I got can't do. There's not a mountain that he can move. Oh, praise the There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, there's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a prison wall He can't break through. Who oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh. He's going to do that for you today. I will believe for greater things. There's no power. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree, there's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things, there's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree, there's no power like this power. Say it, there's nothing there. It's not a mountain there. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can do. Oh, 
a shout of praise today. Come on, our God is so great, so mighty. Let's continue to worship Him tonight, amen.
greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, sing it again, our God is
Hallelujah to his name. Hallelujah to your name, Lord. We bow before your name, Jesus. We stand in awe in this place, Lord, and in your presence. Because of who you are, you're Jesus, the Redeemer. Emmanuel, you are the Lamb of God. You're the wonderful name, the powerful name of Jesus. Our Redeemer, our Savior. You're the bread of life. You're the Son of Man. You're the King of Kings. You're the Holy One. El Shaddai. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we silent in this place because when you're among us our hearts and our spirits cease because of the supremacy of who you are in our lives Jesus we give you glory in this time Lord you do not have a rival you have no equal we declare those things Lord no rivals no equals in our lives and in our daily walk with you In our homes, there is no rival, there is no equal. In our work life, there is no rival, there is no equal. For our kids who are going back to school, most of whom started today, Lord, there is no rival, there is no equal over them, Lord. We pray your covering over them, Father. Over our educators, there is no rival, there is no equal over them, Lord. Over our justice system, there is no rival, there is no equal over our first responders and over our law enforcement, Lord, there is no rival, there is no equal that can protect them the way only you can, Lord. We pray for that over our city, your covering, Lord, over our city, over our state, and over our nation, Lord, our brokenness, Lord, so much division and so much strife, Lord, you are the unifier, we come to you, Lord, for reconciliation. So, Father, lead us down that path, Lord, for the honor and the glory of your name, Lord, not for anything else, Lord, but the namesake of the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time of worship, Lord. Voices cry out to you tonight, Lord, because you're all deserving of it. Because it's the wellspring of life within us, Lord, coming out tonight and saying... What a powerful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. And what a beautiful name it is, Lord. To glorify and to worship the name of Jesus. It's our honor to do that, Lord, tonight. And every day, Lord, our walk with you. To honor you, Lord, and to glorify you, Lord. What a powerful name it is. The name. We're going to sing that chorus one more time, church. Can we sing that church? Say, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Come on. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus Christ. Christ. That's right. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name. Sing it again. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. 
truly is, Lord. The sweetness of your name, Lord, when we speak your name out loud, Lord. The power that it has, the sweetness, Lord, and the nectar that it is, Lord, to proclaim your name over us and over your body. Lord, here at New Beginnings, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful, powerful, and beautiful name, we pray. Amen. Why don't we celebrate the Lord tonight, church? Amen. Hey, church. Why don't we greet one another in his name tonight? Amen. Wow. Pretty soon we're just going to let y'all take over and get rid of this worship team. And you guys were not, you guys weren't just singing, you guys were singing tonight, man. You guys overflowing with that spirit of worship, amen? Hey church, we want to welcome you into the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, we want to welcome you from wherever you may be. You may be streaming. You you may be streaming maybe at a later time, but we want to welcome you nonetheless. And thank you for participating in this time with us at New Beginnings Church. Um, you know, Church. Right before we get started uh, with this, I, I do want to mention just a few things of what's going on at uh, New Beginnings. Uh, a few weeks back, probably. Close to maybe a couple months back, I know we've talked about it since then, but we mentioned our Isotopes Family Night and how much fun it is. And church, we want to keep reminding you guys that if you want to participate, our brother Cliff is out there selling tickets. And if that's something that you want to take your family out to, I, I encourage you to do it. It's really a great, great uh, time together with the family. Look, one ticket's going to set you back 35 bucks. It's not a lot. It's $35, and that $35 gets you into the game and an all-you-can-eat buffet, which consists of, like, brisket, burgers, dogs, drinks, dessert, and, like, a couple of sides, like chips, macaroni salad, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, of course, the one thing that is priceless is the time of fellowship that you get with your church family, and then, of course, getting to meet new people, uh, and then getting to meet the staff, kind of those kind of things. And then, of course, just meeting new people, taking your friends and family with you. It's just a really, really good time. We have a designated area and the picnic area and then seating area, so we all kind of stick together all night long. So I encourage you that if that's something that you want to do, please see Brother Cliff Tanner. He's out there in the mall, and he's selling those tickets. You see that big old billboard he's got, and you can uh, you can ask him about that. Um, and then on the Sunday Appreciation Luncheon, church... You guys understand summers, not only summers, but new beginnings, 365, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We are constantly ministering. And I know you know that. And church, we cannot do this without our volunteers. Can we just celebrate our volunteers? And you know, church, we want to celebrate our volunteers by doing an appreciation uh, just the afternoon barbecue, hot dog kind of thing, and 
It's, it's what we used to do with uh, end of summer picnic. We're just going to have a nice get-together of fellowship on the 21st. And on the 21st, after second service, uh, they're in the mall. We're just going to have some hot dogs, some fellowship. Our pastors are going to be serving you guys. Um, and it's an, all in honor of two things. One, of course, the volunteers that work tirelessly to make sure that the vision and the mission of this church continues to move forward by being the hands and the feet on the ground, right? The boots on the ground, um, week in, week out, every single special event, those kind of things that they do, the hands-on kind of stuff. And we want to celebrate them. And two, just the work that we all do together as a church in the ministry that we do. And so on the 21st, uh, that's going to be just the, the day after giving back to the community, a huge community event that we participate, that we, that we sponsor every single year, is going to be that luncheon. And so we want to we want to invite you to be a part of that. So uh, it's going to be immediately following second service out in the mall. It's gonna be hot dogs, chips, sodas, uh, just a time of fellowship, just to say, hey, again, thank you volunteers and thank you church for just participating in all of that we do here at New Beginnings. So we want you to mark your calendars down for not this Sunday but the next Sunday. So that's going to be the twenty first at 12.30 p.m. in the mall. And we want you to please be a part of that and show our appreciation to our volunteers. Uh, church, and a couple other things, men's retreat, uh, still a few slots open uh, for that $70 slot. So remember, the first 25 registrations are going to be able to go for that discounted rate because of that grant that we got, that donation. We still have just a few slots left open for that discount. So men, uh, that includes, remember... Uh, I, I want to give you some information. If you plan on taking your children, men of God, if you plan on taking your, your sons, eight and older are full price. So if you want to take your children, they're gonna, you can sign them up as well, and you can get that discounted price for them as well if you want to do that, but you've got to do that soon. We've got just a few slots open for that discounted price, and then after that, the price is going to be full price of 150 per registration. So please take advantage of that, church. Okay? Um, other than that, church, we want, to, we want to, again, thank you so much. And remember, on the 21st, for everything that you're doing, we want to thank you for that. And church, we couldn't do it without your faithful giving and without your faithful, faithful, faithful tithe. Thank you so much. Can we just celebrate that? Because church... Let's, let's celebrate. Let's do it. Let's, let's give a round of applause for us, the church. It's what we do. It's what we do, church. Your faithfulness. Look, I know, I know we're not all made a lot of money. Times are rough right now, but it's because of your faithfulness and your tithe that we can continue to move forward, not just to, not just to keep the lights on here in the house, but continue doing the work of the Lord in the streets of Albuquerque and in the state and even nation and the world abroad with our missionaries all the way around the world. We have missionaries that are around the world working for the mission and the vision that we have for this church, which is healing and restoring lives through the love of Jesus Christ. So we want to thank you for that. And if you have not done that, and if you want to continue to do that, and if you've never done and been a part of that, we want to invite you to do that by being a part of that. And by giving, you can do that by text message. You can do that through the website, or you can do that through our app. And all of those ways are right behind me on this screen. Thank you, church, so much for the work that you're doing. And church, can we welcome Pastor Richard to the pulpit, please?
Well, praise the Lord, church. We are so thrilled about what's going on. And I want to let you guys know that uh, God is doing some phenomenal things. We got a bunch of wild and crazy youth that love Jesus Christ. Would you give it up for our youth as they go to their class right now? And school did start today for most of APS. Some started last week, some started on Monday, some start next week. It's all different charter schools and on and on. But we want to keep praying for them because we live in some weird times, amen? Uh, Not just danger and those kind of things, but even the kind of things they're teaching in the school today. And it's really troublesome to see some of the weird stuff that they're introducing. So uh, we just want to keep praying for them. And we also, uh, as Pastor Mike already did, and I also want to say thank you, Jesus. He answered prayer. On Sunday, we prayed that they would catch the killer of all the, uh, well, we don't know if he's the one that killed all four Muslims, but he definitely killed two of them. And uh, we're so grateful that they apprehended him to bring some peace in the midst of all the craziness that we live in. Well, church, I am doing a series that's called Jesus, the Storyteller. Jesus told stories and he called them parables. A parable is where it has a story that Jesus drives home a point. It's a that'll preach moment when Jesus grabs a hold of them and he says, boom, that'll preach. This is what I want to talk to you about. Have you ever noticed some people come to church and they have this elite spirit about them? They think they're much better than everyone else. And they walk around and they almost think like, oh, maybe someday you could be like me. And you're going, God, please don't ever let me turn out like that. You know what I mean? But the question I want to ask today of us is, what did you bring with you? What kind of attitude did you bring What kind of expectation did you bring? What did you bring to church tonight? What did you bring in your heart, mind, and soul? In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verse 9 through 14, it says, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Let's stop there. So he's telling the story about these people that are so into themselves and into their righteousness. They have this great confidence in themselves. There's nothing wrong with being confident, but it is wrong when you think you're better than someone else and you have that attitude. So he says, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a despised tax collector. Now, when Jesus is saying despise tax collector, he's connecting with them. He is saying, listen, I know how you all feel about tax collectors because they're Jewish people that have turned on us. They have now partnered with Rome to tax us, but not only get the taxes Rome wants, but the little bit they want in their own pocket. So he says, verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed this prayer. Oh, I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. For I don't cheat, 
and I don't sin, and I don't commit adultery. I am certainly not like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of my income. Man, thank God there's no one like that in Albuquerque or in New Beginnings Church. (laughs) Man, haven't you ever met people like that and you want to kind of throw up? Man, he says, verse uh, 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance and he dared not even lift his eyes to the heavens as he prayed. And looking down and he's filled with shame and he says, instead, he beat his chest in sorrow. Oh God, be merciful to me. For I'm a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, Jesus said, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves, hear that, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Thank you, Lord. Minister to us, speak to us. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. So what did you bring tonight? If we are gonna come into the presence of God and we're really gonna come to the temple of God and we're gonna come to pray and we're gonna come to worship and we're gonna come to praise him and we're gonna come to listen to him and we're gonna come to hear and encourage one another, what did you bring? First of all, you need to come expecting to meet with God. Have you come here tonight expecting to meet with God? Or did you come to hook up with see who you can hook up with? Ooh, man, remember I was saying it Sunday? Ooh, he's so fine, he's so fine, he blow my mind. She's so fine, she blows my mind. You came to hear God and meet with God. What's wrong with us? Sometimes we come into his place, we come into his temple, we come into his presence, and we miss him altogether. I've said this before many years ago, but Do you remember any of the rhymes as a kid? And they're talking to the cat, and they go, Pussycat, Pussycat, where have you been? I've been to London to visit the queen. Pussycat, Pussycat, what see you there? I saw a mouse sitting under the chair. It's like, you stupid cat. You went to go see the queen and you missed it. How many of us have come into the house of God and we miss it? We miss it because we're looking at the wrong thing. Oh, look at them. They think you're all bad. Oh, look at him. He thinks he's that all. Oh, look at her. She's trying to pull off that pull off that outfit. Oh, look at him. He looks like an idiot. We're look. Oh, the church is filled with a bunch of gossipers and hypocrites. I heard a story the other day that This lady said, I'm leaving the church because the church is filled with gossips and hypocrites and and just ungodly people. And the pastor said, let me ask you something. Right before you leave, I hate to see you leave, but look, right before you leave, I want you to take this spoon. And he gave her a tablespoon. And he filled it with water. And he says, I want you to walk around the church three times without spilling a drop. And so she took off and she comes back and she goes, I did it, pastor, I did it. I didn't spill a drop. And he goes, how many hypocrites did you see? How many gossipers did you see? 
How many stuck-up, unrighteous people did you see? She goes, I didn't see anyone. I was focusing just on the spoon and the water in it. He goes, exactly. You weren't busy judging everyone and looking at everyone. Instead, you were focused on keeping the water in there. Won't you focus on keeping the water, the living water of Jesus Christ, inside of your life? What's wrong with people? They come to church and they miss God altogether. What did you see when you went to church? I saw a mouse under the chair. Oh my gosh, you missed the king. You missed the king of glory. You missed the king impacting lives, touching lives, healing lives, restoring lives, transforming lives. You missed him altogether. Man, in the book of Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, it says, then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. He healed them because of their faith. They came expecting, they came expecting something to take place. They came expecting something to happen. I want you to touch me, Lord, because I know if you do, I will be restored. I will be healed. Have you come into his presence tonight expecting to see him or just seeing what's going to happen? What are you doing tonight? Oh, nothing. You know what? We don't have, let's, have these, let's go to New Beginnings. Let's go to church tonight. Instead of, oh man, it's Wednesday. I can't wait to go to church tonight. I can't wait to hang out with God, with all of God's people. Because God's going to show up and his people are going to be there. And we're going to share a meal together. Man, we need to understand that. Hannah wanted a baby really bad. and She kept crying out to the Lord and finally... She was given her dream of becoming a mother. She said, if I have a child, I'll dedicate him and give him to the Lord. And so when he was of age, she got to see him grow up. And when he was around 12, she took him to Eli, the prophet. And she said, here's my son. I promised him to the Lord. And all of a sudden, The boy is serving Eli. And God starts speaking. And he's tuning in to God a lot more than Eli. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. And now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Yet Samuel started hearing him. And all of a sudden, he says, yes, Lord. And he goes over to Eli, were you calling me? And Eli goes, no, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. What's wrong with you? And he hears the Lord again, and he comes to Eli, and he goes, what, sir? What, Lord? You're you're my leader here. You're You're my pastor. You're my trainer. You're my mentor. What do you need? And he goes, I didn't call you. And he heard it one more time, and this time Eli, who had missed him, this guy who had gotten so used to it, and it became just 
another thing to serve God instead of realizing the holiness and the position of authority and the position of anointing and the position that he had been given was missing God's voice. He couldn't hear God's voice anymore. And all of a sudden, this time when he went to him, Eli finally realized, oh my goodness gracious, this kid is hearing God and he's hearing God's voice. So he says, hey Samuel, next time he says anything to you, say, here I am, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. How many of you have gotten so repetitious in your attitude and so repetitious and it's just become the part of what you do? At a certain part of the song, you know to raise one hand. At another part, you raise two hands. At another part, you don't raise any hands. At another part, you you get, oh, Lord, yes. And, 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 And you go through motions, but you're not experiencing the very presence of his holiness. Because you didn't come expecting to meet with God. You came to meet an obligation. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 13, it says, I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. God is wanting to restore you back to what he has you for. And in in two verses before that, he says, I know the plans I have for you. They're to prosper you and not hurt you. They're to to bless you and to to lift you up and to to pour into you and to to make you something brand new. But some of us miss it because we, we, we fail to look for him and we fail to see him. Sometimes the presence of God is so powerful and, and, and you miss it. If you're missing the fire of God, your wood's all wet. You, you need to get fired up again. Amen? You need to get the Holy Spirit fire on your life. Second thing we need to do, we need to come here expecting God to make changes in our life. You need to come here expecting God to make changes in your life. Otherwise, why are you just coming here? Oh, same old, same old. God's not going to do anything anyway. I've been dealing with this forever. Have you even given it to him? Have you really released it? Or have you just gone like, oh, he can't do anything about it anyway. Why should I even bother? Come expecting that God's going to bring transformation. Come expecting God to bring something brand new to set you free, to really deliver you from depression, to totally deliver you from anxiety attacks, completely deliver you from just destructive thinking that you have, the stinking thinking. I just started a series on that, on changing the way you think, and I'm going to be preaching on Sunday on Thinking with the mind of Christ. What that looks like. Because some people don't come here expecting anything because they really don't believe with their heart and their soul and their mind that God really can do anything. So they just accepted the fact that, oh, well, nothing's ever going to change this. Oh, well, whatever. It's at least I get to go to church and hear some good music and, and hang out with some really neat people. God's really not going to do anything. He, he doesn't even care about me that much anyway. That's not the thinking that God wants you to have. That's not what he says in his word. That's not what he wants to do. In Psalm 51, verse 6, he says, But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. See, God is expecting 
from the time he knitted you in your mother's womb that he has something for you. He's gonna do something for you. He's gonna completely radically change you and he's gonna just make everything new again. But we don't come expecting that. We don't come expecting changes in our life. We don't come expecting anything new. We don't come expecting anything. And we need to really change our focus. And we need to change our mindset. We need to refocus and say, you know what, God? I believe that you truly are the greatest. That you're the greatest name above all names, as we just sang. There's no rival. There's no equal. You are supreme. But really believe it. Oh, that we would embrace that and hold on to that and live it for the glory of his name. That we would thank him for that and worship him. And reading the third thing I want to say is that we need to come expecting God to deal with our attitude. You gotta let God deal with your attitude. Some people have an attitude about your attitude. The fact that I'm just saying that, oh, what's he inferring? What's he inferring? He's saying I got an attitude? No, no, not you. Oh my goodness. Heaven forbid. But you know where you're at, and you know your attitude, and you know you have that chip on your shoulder. Someone said it once, I don't know where I read it, but it says, a chip on the shoulder is indication of wood higher up. How many blockheads do we have in the house? Please don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But see... We walk around with this chip. We walk around with this, with this attitude of, I'm ready for a fight. God can't do nothing. God doesn't love me. Don't tell me God loves me. It's like, wow. I know I don't love you, but God does. No, no, no. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm joking. But see, that's how people feel. Because sometimes they don't love him or love her. Because you know what? You've, you've gotten so bittered. You're embittered and it's changed who you are. You're not that blossoming rose anymore. You've turned into this wilted rose that has thorns. And every time someone barely gets near you, you prick their finger and you hurt people because you don't want to be hurt anymore. So the old saying, hurt people, hurt people, you push people away and your attitude is one that is really fighting against the Lord and you're fighting against what he has and you're fighting against what he is. And he so desperately wants to pour himself into you and he so desperately wants to minister to your brokenness and he so desperately wants to say, you know what, I have you, I've got you and I love you and I want to restore you and I want to take you to heights you have never even experienced and I want to take you back to heights that you once were at but you fell and you have not restored yourself and you haven't gotten back up. I want to work on your attitude. But you've got to surrender your body, mind, and soul. You have to get really real with God. I've shared this verse because this is such a powerful verse, and it's a verse of self-examination, and it's in the gospel, I mean in the Psalms 139. And it's verse 23 and 24. And he says, Search me, O God. Now just stop right there. Search me. Lord, search me. Search me. Now, there's different kinds of search me. Sometimes they search you, they just look up and down. Sometimes they search you, they go, come here, they pat you down. Sometimes they take you in a back room and it's called strip search you. They search you. 
body cavities and all. That's what we're saying. Search me, God. Look at every part of me, every part that I'm not hiding anything from you. Search me and know my heart. God, you know my heart, but know my heart because sometimes I don't know my heart because I've lied so much that I believe my own lies. Haven't some of you lied so much that you really think that your lie was true? Man, look, I, I think I've shared this story before, but I grew up with Cindy, okay? My, my wife, we, we've known each other since I was in the fourth grade. And we had a neighborhood swimming pool that you had to become members of, and I was a member, she was a member. You know, we all, all the kids from the neighborhood that had a membership, we'd go swim all summer long. And, and when I got older and I started noticing her, and I'm like, orale, check her out, man. And, and she started noticing me, and I wasn't heavy. And, and, and so anyway, she, she was like, orale, look at him. And so we were looking and saying, ora, ora, orale. And, and all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, some of you know what I'm talking about. But all I know is that on the way home one day, this friend of mine, David Candelaria, is on his way home, and some guys jumped him, and I was walking probably maybe 50 feet behind him, and I see these guys, three guys are beating him up, so I run over there, and Juacatela, man, I took all three on and beat them down, and they took off running, and David was like, oh, man, Richard Mansfield's the greatest, man. He saved my life. They were beating, they were hurting me. So the next day, he's at this pool, telling everyone how Richard Mansfield saved his life. So that day, I had gone to the doctor because I had three warts on my knee that I went to get burned off. So they burned the warts off, but you don't want to tell people, yeah, I had warts, especially girls. So, and they had a BB, they had a pellet gun, and they had shot David a few times with a pellet gun. And so when I get there, I've got my knee all banded up. So I went to the pool because that was a hangout place, but I couldn't swim. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Richard, what happened? Did you get shot too? And I'm going, oh, yeah, I must have gotten shot. Yeah, yeah, of course I did. So I go, yeah, man, I, David, David told us how you saved his life. And I'm like, uh, you know, David, I, I mean, thank you, but I, I, I just, you're my friend, dude. I was trying to help you. No, dude, you saved me, you saved me. And look, this is where they shot me. And, and, and he had some red marks where they shot him with a pellet gun. And so they go, what happened to you? I go, oh, man, they shot me three times in the knee. <laughs> so I showed him my knee, and, and, and it had big old holes because they had burned out the warts. So it really looked like, oh, man, pobre vato, man, poor Richard. God, that guy's a hero. He took three bullets for David, man. And I'm going, yes, I did. All the girls gather around and give me all the kisses and massages you want. And, and, and so, okay, so Cindy is there. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Richard. Oh, you poor guy. And I go, yes. You know, if you gave me a kiss here, I'd feel better. And if you gave me a kiss here, I'd feel better. And, and so now, fast forward. I was probably... 12, maybe 13 at the time. I think I was 14. Maybe I was 14. I don't know. All I know is now, fast forward to 22 years old. And we're in Corpus Christi, Texas. 
we're married now, we're living there, and we got saved, and my next door neighbors, because I, I, they used to be very obvious, but I had the three bullet holes on my knee. <laughs> and so, so they go, wow, Richard, what happened there? And I go, oh. So Cindy jumps in. Man, Richard saved this guy, and they shot him three <laughs> times in the knee. And I go, no, they didn't. I had three warrants there, and they burned them off. She goes, what? I go, yeah, I had three warrants there. But for all those years, she thought I had gotten shot, and I never said no, because after all, I was a hero. I believed my own lie. Have any of you ever believed your own lie? Yeah, you know you have. Yes, you know what? Back in the day, oh, I had so much money. I had cars, and I had this, and yeah. Where is it now? The devil chewed it up and spit it out and burned it in hell. Man, get, we got to get real. So we're back in Psalm 139, verse 23. Know my heart. Test me. Test me out, Lord. Test me. Ask me whatever you want, because you know what? You know my heart. But also know my anxious thoughts. Let's stop right there. If he knows your anxious thoughts... That means, have any of you ever been called into the principal's office or to your mom and dad or, and you're like, ugh, and you're all stressed out? And you're like, ugh, what do they want to talk to me about? Ugh, and, and you're all stressed out. Those are anxious thoughts. And you're thinking, oh, did they find out? Oh, did you find? You just finished saying, search me. You just finished saying, know my heart. You just finished saying, test me. You just finished saying, and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24. So point out anything. Point out anything that offends you. Man, that's hardcore. You better be careful. If you're going to say that, if you're going to really ask God to change your attitude, and you're going to expect God to change your attitude, and you're going to come expecting God to change your attitude, you better be careful when you say, point out anything that offends you, because guess what God's going to do? He's going to let you know you got a sorry attitude. You know what? You come in here and you forgot. You fell from your first love. You come in here and you think you're all that, when you know what? You're not. You think you're better than others, when you know what? I want you to be better than you. I want you to step it up. I want you to be real with yourself. I want you to get real. So point out anything that offends you. And then look what he says. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. God, I need you to lead me now because you know where I always end up? In the gutter. I end up in the stinking thinking. I end up in destructive mindset. I end up in destructive setting. I end up in a destructive attitude. I end up in a hole of just nothing but my own self-pity, and I don't know how to get out of there. So God, examine me because I'm expecting change and transformation. Have you come expecting that? Have you come saying, God, work with me? Show me where I'm at. Show me my attitude. Show me what I'm going through. Because God, I'm a mess. I'm a mess and I'm admitting I'm a mess. 
and I try to present myself like I'm not a mess, and I try to say, thank God I'm not like that sinner over there. Thank God that I tithe, and thank God that I fast, and thank God that I'm me, and thank God that I'm a Bible teacher, and thank God that I'm an usher and a greeter, and I thank God that I'm head of this ministry where we distribute food, and I thank God that I'm one of the leaders in this church, and I thank God, and I thank God, and I thank God, and let me show you something. Your attitude needs an adjustment. We need to say, Father, start with me. Because sometimes people could puff you up and say, oh, you're the greatest. Oh, you're the greatest. You're just the greatest. But you know what? You put your pants on one leg at a time. You put your dress on just like anyone else. I was asked a story of when I met one of the presidents of the United States. And they had asked me to pray for an event. And it was a Sunday that they called me. And I'd got home from church. I'm still in a suit. And it's my, where I live, trash day is on Mondays. So I'm taking the trash bins out to the curb. And I'm in a suit doing it. I'm thinking, if the church could only see me now. Because <laughs> some people think, oh, look at him up there at the pulpit. Oh, he has a suit. Oh, he's so wonderful. I'm just an ordinary guy that has to take my trash out on trash day also. And as I'm taking the trash, my phone rings. And it says, the White House. I'm like, Wow, that's cool. I wonder how whoever's calling me did that. And I said, hello. And they go, is this Reverend Richard Mansfield? I go, yes, he is. yes, I am. And he goes, is this, are you pastor of New Beginnings Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico? And I go, yes. And I'm still taking the trash. And they're going, well, the president of the United States is going to be in New Mexico and we want you to represent the clergy, all the pastors. Would you allow us to do a background check on you? If you say yes, we're going to need to do that. But would you open that night in prayer for the president of the United States? And I'm taking the trash, and I, I promise this is what I thought. I go, ooh, they want the trash collector <laughs> to lead the prayer. Because you know what? I know who I am. I'm just Richard. I happen to pastor one of the greatest churches in all of Albuquerque, New Mexico. But I'm still just Richard. This church is not built on Richard Mansfield. I pray that when I walk away from this pulpit years from now, that you guys will say, man... We love that guy, but now we love the new pastor even better. And I pray that this church will never go down and it'll stay going soaring and it'll grow and keep winning souls for Jesus and baptizing them and discipling them even when I'm not here because upon this rock, upon Jesus Christ, we have built this church and we have to have that attitude. And I said, God, you're awesome how you do that. I was throwing the trash when they're calling me to pray for the president. I wasn't at home going, oh, yes, of course. 
Yes, you've reached Richard Mansfield. Let me, when is that? Let me look at my agenda. See if I can make it. Man, I was like, wow, Lord, you're so cool. You honored me with this great honor to open up for the President of the United States. And yet, I know who I am. I, I, I take the trash out every Sunday night for, Sunday mor- for Monday morning. Come expecting God to deal with your attitude. And then it brings in the next thing. Come expecting to surrender all. Come expecting to surrender all to God, to receive all from God. So in other words, when you empty yourself and you pour yourself out, now there's room for him to pour something in. Some of you are so full of yourself, there's no room for him. And you need to get over yourself because you're not as great as you think. Now, you might be amazing, but let me tell you, he's much more amazing. His love is greater than your love. We need to say, God, I I, I need to surrender all. I need to give it up. I need to release this. I need to surrender it because, God, I've been holding on to this because maybe something happened in your life that that piece of whatever you're holding on to was a great moment. I've had a lot of great moments in my life. I I really sincerely feel like God has spoiled me so much. He gives me moments that some people have begged for all their life, and I don't even know how I end up there. I'm not knocking on the door. Can I do it? Can I do it, please? Can I do it? Can I do it, please? And yet God has given me a platform to stand on that I don't even know how I've been there. And I go, God, only you can do those things. But you know what? It's because I decided to really let go of everything and not hold on to my pride, not hold on to my ego, not hold on to the things that I've accomplished, but instead to surrender myself and say, without you, I can do nothing. Without you, I can't get to where you want me to be. Without you, I can't achieve the things you want me to achieve. Without you, God, I might be able to impress a lot of people, but only with you can I impact them. You know what I'm talking about? Look, read the story someday of when Jesus turned water into wine. He is so smooth. He is like, he is like, he is smooth. Jesus says, hey, uh, well, get some big uh, water jugs. And, um, and they brought these 30-gallon jugs that they used for the purification. And he goes, uh, fill them up with water. And then he prayed, and he tells the host, the, the MC, the, 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 they called it the governor of the wedding that day. He's, he's in charge of all the food and everything. And he's the one freak, freaking out because they ran out of wine. And, and they used to start off with really fine wine. And then when people have had a little bit to drink and they've had a lot of food and they kind of forget about what's going on, they give them a the cheaper wine. So they would start off with a Merlot and end up with a Ripple, okay? You know, some of you know what Ripple is because you're old uh, like I am. Or Boone's Farm. They don't even make those anymore. Newport. <laughs> those are ghetto wines. Some of you know we got your guys. Orale, pastor was all ghetto. 
We didn't have any money in those days. You could buy a bottle of Ripple for 99 cents, man. And we worked out all week to get that. <laughs> but he, he prays and he doesn't even taste it first. Now, I don't know about you. If I was going to try to pray to turn water into wine, before I let them taste it, I'd taste it and go, God, please let it taste like wine. Please let it taste like good wine. Oh, here it goes, here it goes. Whew, it's good. Okay, okay. Hey, go ahead. No. Instead, Jesus says, hey, go ahead and take it to him. So the governor, he does taste it. Because he's like, what's this dude doing? He's turning water into wine? Wine takes a long time to make. You see, when Jesus gets a hold of you and he gets a hold of an empty vessel, those water jugs were empty. He poured into them and he made it where they go, man, I can't believe you saved the last, the good wine for the last. This is amazing. Because Jesus takes ordinary water, he takes ordinary people, and he elevates us to a whole new level, a whole new purpose. And the, the maitre d', the, the, the MC, the host, was really impressed. He's like, wow, dude, you rock. This is amazing. But the disciples, it says that they're looking and they're going, wow. Surely this is the man of God. This man is the son of God. This is the Messiah. See, they were impacted. They got totally impacted that it changed them all together because when they surrendered it all, they got filled with it all. And some of you are still holding out. You're holding out and you're holding out and you're wondering why you're not there yet. You're wondering why you haven't got to that level yet. And it's because you still have too much of you. You're full, you're full of it. You're, you're full of you. And as great as you are, you're still not that good. Because you know at the end of the day, when your head hits the pillow, you know how dumb you have been with some of your decisions. Am I talking to anyone tonight? Is God saying anything to anyone tonight? Did you come expecting some transformation tonight? Are you ready to surrender all? Because in Psalm 138, verse 6, he says, Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Man, you're so arrogant. He says, I I don't want to have anything to do with that. That's why he said, see that arrogant Pharisee? Some of you come in with a pharisaical attitude. Shame on us if we have that. We're supposed to see people as humble and beat our chest and say, God, I don't even deserve anything. I don't know why you've been so good to me, but thank you. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will reject a broken, you will not reject a broken and repentive heart, oh God. So my question to you tonight is, After hearing all these things, God has to say, have you shifted your thinking? 
expecting to meet with him right now? Have you shifted your thinking, expecting him to change your attitude? Have you shifted your thinking of having a one-on-one with God? Have you shifted your thinking to empty yourself and give him your all? Maybe you've never even given your life to Jesus. And if you want to do that tonight, you want to receive him as your Savior and Lord, raise your hand. Say, you know what, Pastor, I've never done that. And I've heard about that, and I want to do that. Anyone here tonight? Well, then, I want to pray with you. And as you stand with us, as you stand to your feet, ask God to really deal with you. Ask him to help you. Ask him to minister to you. And truly say, search my heart, oh God. Show me anything. Because God, I want to pour myself out so you can pour yourself in. I really want to expect you to do something. And if you have not had an attitude adjustment, ask him to do that tonight. So if you want to come up and pray, there's people that will pray with you. So worship team, if you lead us, I want you to know that there's men and women that want to stand with you in agreement. So if you want prayer, make your way up and just cry out to God. Amen. i
you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful for your love. We're so grateful for your mercy. We're so grateful for the things that you are doing, you have done. But Lord, we now look to the future of what you're going to do. Father, we're really putting ourselves in your hands and we're emptying ourselves and we're saying, God, we really want to be a vessel of the Lord. Not a vessel of our agenda, but of your agenda. Not a vessel, Father God, of the enemy, but of the Lord. And that, Father God, you use us to bring transformation. And let us start with our life and then in our household. And let it spill into every place we go. Whether it be in church, whether it be at work, whether it be at school, whether it be in our community, whether it be in the sports activities or our children, or wherever we might be. Let us be the vessel of God and the light of Jesus Christ illuminating people's life the way you have illuminated ours. You said you're a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Father, illuminate it so we could lead others. So, Father God, use us supernaturally. We position ourselves to be filled by you. As we empty ourselves out, Lord, fill us to overflowing. Father God, help us to never have a haughty attitude, a pharisaical attitude. But, Father God, to be humble, to beat our chest and say, God, I'm not worthy, but worthy is the Lamb. And, God, you are in our life. And because you're in our life, we have the righteousness of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. And we pray in the mighty, supernatural name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and everyone online and everyone in this room says amen. Amen. Praise God, church. Give someone some love on the way out and say God loves you and so do I. Be blessed, church. Thank you for joining us tonight.